What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And listen to the 80s Babies podcast. And on today's episode, we have a make it a classic for the debut album, Ghetto Fabulous by Fabulous. Uh, this is released <laughs> September 11th, 2001. Uh, this was my first year in college. Yeah. It yeah. was your first year. My college. first year in college. Very, very memorable year. So right. the last album we did uh, around this time was also released the same day, and that was Jay-Z's Blueprint. I had a lot to say about that just from a Where Were You perspective. Right. I don't have as much to say about this one. Okay. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, uh, you know, I'm curious, why did you pick this Fabulous Project of all the ones in this catalog? Uh, well, I mean, this was the beginning of Fabulous. It is, um, yeah. And to be honest with you, this is when I had the most hope for Fabulous. Um, Interesting. Okay. You know, I we've talked about on and off mic about how... I may, maybe it might seem like I beat up on Fabulous. And I think the reason, I think both for Fabulous and Cassidy, right? Uh, <laughs> these Cassidy. are These are two MCs that are of the ilk of disaster, right? Like... This is an era where I'm a rapper that's like them. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a battle rapper who's also trying to make records. Um, you know, we, it's this is the 106 and Park era mm-hmm. where people yeah. are going to do a Freestyle Friday. Yeah. This is the, the the basement, you know, where people want to come and do their freestyles next to Tigger. Like, you know, this is when, um, uh, you know, DJ Clue is still relevant. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so this DJ is an Clue. era. This is William an era. M. Holla. No, wait, William H. William, William H. Holla. Holla. With M. M. William M. Holla. William M. Holla was Mariah Carey. Okay, William. Of the Holla family. So we should, we should, so, okay. So William, <laughs> is William H. Bonnie, right? William, William H. Bonnie is fabulous. fabulous. And then William M. Holla is Mariah. Is Mariah. And then William who? H. Holla is, is Clue. Uh, Clue. Were there any other ones? Jay-Z was one of them, right? They made up like this whole fake <laughs> Holla family. I don't know what the purpose of the shit was, but yeah. So anyway, this time frame, these are artists that I have a lot of hope for. Fabulous probably being one of the main ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was on board the Fabulous ride from the very beginning. Okay. Um, and uh, this album, I think I had a lot of hope for because of that. Okay. Um, and I felt like it was a bit underwhelming, but at the same time, like I feel like I like I understand why, and it's it's very. There's other projects from Fabulous, particularly mixtapes, that have like a lot more hope, like a, a lot more there. But at the same time, like I don't think there was there's a more perfect storm in Fabulous's catalog in terms of timing and yeah. like situation yeah. than there was in his first time. That's true, and we'll get into a little of that when we get into the where we use because there was I think a lot of build up for for Fabulous. Um, yeah, bleeding over from I guess the previous summer or year, if you will. Yeah. Um, okay, well before we get into this album in particular. Do you think that the rest of his albums after this uh, were kind of underwhelming? Or do you think that he has like a classic in his catalog? Um, I think that most of his albums were underwhelming. I okay. think if you ask Fabulous himself, and I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I think he did do a um, a Breakfast Club interview where he was a little more honest about like his output as, okay. as, a, as a recording artist. And he basically said he was a mixtape artist. And I agree with that. I think, okay. you know, um, I think some of his mixtapes are are known as like classic mixtapes. Mm. But from an album perspective, I would say, um, is it called Street Talk or Real Talk? There was an album that came out maybe in like the 0405 time frame that came out when we were at UVA. I think that's probably his best. Is that the one with recording Breathe? album? Yes. Hell, I was listening to that I, shit yeah, today. That shit is fire. It, it's still fire. So yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, I think that that's his best recording album. Okay. But um, I I think that maybe again, this is still the best perfect storm of situation in his career. Okay. 
so we're about to get into this and, and real quick a shout out to uh brian um mr Kaysen, uh who is listening right now he's actually watching our live right now um but also he sent me some notes about this album so in you know throughout this episode i'll be referring to the things that he sent me so that uh, you know so you can get the thoughts of of a fan of this artist because i know right. that i think this is his favorite artist if i'm not mistaken it's not okay. his favorite album but I think this is his favorite artist. Yeah, so. and I feel like, you know, Kaysen typically comments when we do post things about Fab. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes he feels like we don't give him a fair shake. So yeah. apologies, and we're definitely going to do our best to make sure that we do give him a fair shake. Yeah, and he's actually the one that suggested we do something from Fabulous. So it's like, all right, we're we, we, we going to do this one. Right. All right. right. So, so let's get into the where were you. So why don't you start us off, Nika? Sure. Where was I? So um, this was the year that I around the time I was graduating maybe mm-hmm. from from uh, from school in Brussels. So, um, man, where am I? I'm, I'm in transit. Um, I'm rapping. Um, I'm trying to record music, etc. Um, I think when I think of Fabulous, I think of freestyles. Okay. And the first time I ever heard of Fabulous was actually on, I think, on DJ Clue's uh, uh, album. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, he had a song called uh, the, the Way We Like It. And I think it's the last song on this project. They was that when he was it. still going by uh, Fabulous, Fabulous Sporting? Sport. Right. Fabulous, Fabulous Sport. Sport. Right. And so, I mean, you know, the reason he went by Fabulous Sport is his name was Sport. He didn't have the, the, name, the name Fabulous, right? He didn't yeah. have a name. Um, he got an opportunity to come up to the radio and, yeah. and rap. And Nori, Nori gives himself credit for discovering Fabulous, which is okay. hilarious because it's so revisionist. But yeah. um, Nori was on the radio with Fabulous doing a freestyle. Yeah. And Fabulous comes and he you know, gets this opportunity to rap. And they're like, well, what's your name? He just kind of goes by sport. Everybody in the, in, the, in the hood knows him as sport. So he's doing this freestyle and he spells Fabulous, but he spells it wrong. Yes. And then they're like, it's okay, unintentional, unintentionally, unintentionally and so then they're like, okay, well, th- that's your name. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, it's fabulous. So that just becomes his name. So they tackle on fabulous and sport. But yeah. anyway, so can, can I just say real quick that I actually think that it's at the time I used to laugh at it, but I think in retrospect, F A B O sounds so much better than F A B U, mm. and I think that it's an unintentional mishap that in the long run, long run probably played out for the best for sure it's yeah. so ill when he says it on on tracks yeah. and stuff yeah for sure <laughs> so yeah so I, I hear him i hear him on um on clue and yeah. i remember that the talk around him at the time was people were like oh that's the guy that sounds like mace and he mm. actually even okay. says something on the song about like um that is right I yeah he's that. like i'm not a something that's like a slight to mace yeah. like on the low like i'm not gonna be a pastor or some shit like that anyway so we hear him people are talking about how he sounds like mace I don't think he sounds like Mace, but at the same time, I'm I'm not loving him. And people yeah. are telling me, nah, you got to hear this kid. He did this freestyle with Nori last year. Okay, you got to go back and hear it. So I hear it, fabulous murders his yeah, freestyle. Got bars for and sure. so and so then at this point, I become a fabulous fan, and I'm tracking his freestyles. I don't care so much about his his recorded records that he's doing. They're not they're not great to me, but but his freestyles are killing. Mm-hmm. And I remember the the thing that kind of led up to this album was. He did uh, two big freestyles, but the main one that I remember is Rap City's The Basement. Okay. At the time, 106 and Park is the biggest thing in, in life, right? Like, and there's a rapper called Poster Boy, 
who had won seven weeks in a row. And so if you remember- I, I, re I vaguely remember this. Right. And yeah. so um, so he, so at the time, there were only like maybe two or three rappers that had won seven weeks in a row. This was the it Freestyle was Fridays, right? Freestyle Fridays. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. Jen had won seven weeks in a row. And Is then, that the Asian guy? Yeah. Yeah, I remember and that. And so, so when you win seven weeks in a row, you go in the Hall of Fame, you stop. Yeah. So Jen wins seven w weeks in a row, and then he kind of goes into battle rap, doesn't really do so great. And then Poster Boy was the next person to win seven weeks in a row. Everybody's right. talking about. So he does a freestyle in the in the at the basement with Tigger, Fabulous, and Poster Boy, mm -hmm. and he murders the shit. I'll never forget because it was I'm in transit like from Brussels, and we're talking about it. like everybody's talking. Did you hear this kid? He's got this jersey on, and he just walks up and he's like. It must be the way I got these bras swarming. It's now even these old dudes is giving me grills like George Foreman. Like that's <laughs> how he starts his bars. And it's just like, everybody's just like, oh my God. Oh. He had so many bars. It's like punchline centric shit. Yeah. This was the kid. Yeah. And after he did that freestyle, every like like everybody was on notice. Like this mm -hmm. kid is going to be the next big thing. So yeah. um, the other thing I remember is, like I said, Every summer, I was going back to Cali. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember being in Cali when Can't Deny It comes out as a single. Yeah. And, you know, just this kid from Brooklyn that nobody knows, he's got a Rick Rock beat, which we know who Rick Rock is back in Cali. He's got a Nate Dogg hook. It's like, how did this, like, Nate Dogg was the guy at the time. If you yeah. could get Nate Dogg on your hook, you're out of here already. He's a, he's a cheat code. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, okay, this guy has the perfect situation. And not only does he have the perfect situation, he's me, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason why, like, I was, you know, like when I when I see a Cassidy or when I see a Fabulous, I'm like, these are punchline oriented freestyle battle rap guys that are making records and have a label situation behind them. And that's why I'm such a, I'm so tuned in, you know what I mean, to this. So, so those were the kind of the two things was the freestyles and then. Can't deny it. So let me just say to piggyback off your point, one of the things that uh, Brian sent me, he said, uh, yeah, I asked him, like, what about him as an artist captured your attention um, so to make him become your favorite? And he right. said, the slick metaphors and the hard punches on the cuts. But also, when you talk about, you said he was you. From an image standpoint, uh -huh. Brian thinks that, you know, Fabulous was him. He said, slim, six-foot-ish brother that had a, <laughs> a chip tooth like him. And then, of course, his flow. So right. it's, just, it's just funny that... Uh, it's funny that you know you connected with the with with the I guess with the actual the lyrics the bars and things, mm -hmm. but the image was something that you know one of our other listeners connected yeah. to as well. That so makes sense, and yeah. I, and I never really thought about it that way, but I mean I think mm -hmm. that that's real. You know, like I think especially at the time in think, our life, that's a very impressionable time for us. And and at the time, like he, I mean Jay Z was out, but Jay Z yeah. was thirty something. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? Like like this is somebody who's young like us. Yeah. He dresses like us. He he moves like us. Like. So yeah. you're rooting for him because he he's you. You see yourself in him. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, not for that. Yeah. So for me, yeah, where were you? I was never into like, like DJ Clue annoyed me. <laughs> okay, right? fair. And I didn't really care about that. Like, is Desert Storm was that in was that in Def Jam or was that like an affiliate? Was that under Murder Inc? Like, what was it? It was an imprint. I want to say under Electra. Under Electra, yeah, but it All was right. it was Clues imprint. But he was cool with he was cool with Rough Riders, right? Yeah, he was he cool, was Rough cool with everybody though because he did mixtapes. Okay, so I was just never really into Clue. I remember when Clue comes out. The, the the advertisements for it was big. Like I remember yeah. you had all your favorite rappers were just like, yo, clues by the time you get it, you get an album, this, that, and the other. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And uh, I just remember, I'm not sure if I ever heard the album, 
But I just remember just being like underwhelmed by this him. album. No, the Clues album. Okay, Clues. Right, Clues album, yeah. and just being like kind of underwhelmed, just whatever, and then just finding him annoying. And and in general, that wasn't the kind of music that I was really listening to at the time. Okay. Obviously, you know, I'm listening to to Jay Z because Jay Z is the man, right? So here's a question, Go ahead. not to cut you off. Um, you have spoken favorably about uh, Funkmaster Flex, who kind of mm-hmm. was doing similar things yeah. in this time frame for, especially for people like us that are from yeah. outside the tri-state er- area. Mm-hmm. Did you find Flex less annoying, mm-hmm. or was it like, like what was it about the, Clue uh, so specifically? The, the difference between the difference between Flex and Clue mm-hmm. was that while Flex was equally annoying on the mic, he, he in fairness to Flex. When he's on the radio, especially in his latter stages, yeah. he's increasingly more annoying, right? <laughs> like, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with New York radio uh-huh. at all, but uh-huh. like, I've heard stories about how like he would just like repeat like the first yeah. 15 seconds of a track over, over and over and over, and over, and over again, again, and that would make it hot. When we were in high school, I don't think he did that. Like, when, when, so for Funkmaster Flex Volume Three, that's that's my Funkmaster Flex right. mixtape. Right. I'm not sure if he was doing that yet, right? But at the same time, too, maybe, maybe okay. he was, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, too, Funkmaster Flex Volume Three, yeah, you had DMX on there. You mm-hmm. also had KRS One. You also had Missy and Erica Badu, mm-hmm. Mariah Carey. Right. Like what? Like you had you had uh, the Alcoholics. You had Wu Tang on there. You're saying he was trying to bridge more gaps. It wasn't just the same. Yeah. yeah. And whereas okay. like Clue, like I didn't, I didn't really care for DMX. Like it was interesting. Like. I respected DMX okay. and I understood the flavor. And if like if DMX was on a freestyle, I wanted to listen to it. Uh-huh. But the music that he was making, like the, like the little snippets of the album that I heard when my brother was playing it, mm-hmm. they didn't connect with me. Okay. Ja Rule, like I didn't really care about that. Like Jay-Z, I wasn't even a huge fan Got of it. that. Okay. So for me, Clue was just that kind of segment Got of it. New York rap that I didn't care about. Got it. And I say that to say that I completely missed you know, the the appearance of Fabulous Sport on that project and, okay. and any other mixtape that he did. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and so my first experience with Fabulous was with Superwoman. Okay. With, with Lil Mo, yep. right? And the crazy thing about- Part two. Was it part two? Yeah. Well, there's, what a, there's a part one? There's a part one that doesn't feature Fabulous that kind of tanked and then they, they did a second one with Fabulous. So That's the one we know. The thing about that song that was so great is that it launched, I feel like it launched both of their careers in the mainstream. Yeah. Right? Like that was like her first big single and that was his first big featured appearance. Yeah. Um, this was also around the time when like shaking was becoming a thing. Now, I'm not sure if people shook to that. I feel, I feel like we did shake to that song. The other one that we did that there was um there was a Eve record that people used to shake to as well. Okay. But I remember that you know that that's basically where I was when Fabulous came out. Yeah. Um, it was cool. I liked the song. I liked his appearance on it. But in general, like he wasn't necessarily an artist that I feel I felt like I had to to run out and just like grab the next project. Okay. So then after that, my I guess next experience with Fabulous would have been the release of his album. Okay. Right? And so the the thing that I remember most was that I guess this album came out September 11th, but yeah. I mean obviously I, I listened to it beforehand because you know who my roommate was. Yeah, uh, we had this and we had Blueprint, and so the two albums that we he was listening to the most mm-hmm. were obviously Jay Z's Blueprint and was Fabulous's Ghetto Fabulous. Yep. Now, from what I remember about first year, you know, Blueprint definitely overshadowed Ghetto Fabulous. Yes. Right. Like. Blueprint was a serious, oh my God, amazing project. And Fabulous was just like, oh, fun. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Now, mm-hmm. that being said, though, there was still kind of respect for the project because we were dancing to all the music oh, yeah. at oh, yeah. the parties, yeah. right? And plus, Fabulous also had bars and 
every third person on campus looked like fabulous. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> you know, from that perspective, I mean, he was it was definitely something we were talking about it. Like yeah. we, we have respect for him, but like not everybody took that album as serious. Right. Um, yeah. I certainly did not. In fact, yeah. when we go through this project, when we go through through the tracks, like there's songs that I do remember and songs mm-hmm. that I don't remember. So I never yeah. actually sat down to listen to this project until okay. recently. Okay. But half of this album I remember because Joe used to listen to it all the time. Yeah. The other half I have no recollection of because he just skipped those songs. And and it's interesting that you say that. It may be, you know, you can try to provide some context there, right? Because mm-hmm. for me as a as a kid, I'm, you know, like you said, these, this came out September 11th, yeah. but it came out at the same time as The Blueprint. Jay-Z by this time is such a big star that, yeah. that you know, I mean, I'm in Belgium, but we all know who Jay-Z is, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Fabulous, I'm the only person listening to this, yeah. at least of my schoolmates yeah. and stuff like that. You, however, you, your roommate was from Brooklyn, yeah. right? And a West Indian person from Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. So Caribbean and from Brooklyn, which is more on the nose when it comes to Fabulous as as an identity. Yeah, he's a so, Dominican and black, I think. Right, right? Dominican and American. Yeah. Right. So so did did Joe as a as a Caribbean person from Brooklyn like identify with him in a different way? He never spoke about the Caribbean aspect of it. I think it was just the fact that he they were both from Brooklyn. Right. You know what I mean? And look, like Joe that first year, I, did he have throwbacks? He had the long white tees. He definitely Everybody had the fitteds, had and yep. he definitely had the Air Forces. Yeah. Right. Now, what I will say is, in one of his other notes, uh, Brian was talking about the style, right? Mm-hmm. And that you know, like the fitteds and the, and the throwbacks, absolutely. Um, and the, and the fitted, the leans on the hats and everything like that. Like he said, like he took that from this album, and that kind of became his style. Okay. The thing is, though, Fabulous is not responsible for that. I, I agree. I yeah. agree. And I think you know, while Fabulous made the jersey thing his identity. Mm-hmm. I think maybe part of it was that he lacked identity, like as well, a, as a recording that. artist. Yes. And so, you know, everybody was wearing throwback jerseys yeah. and everybody was wearing fitteds and everybody was wearing do-rags. Yeah. That just kind of became his thing because there wasn't another thing Yeah, it felt like. So I asked, I, I wanted to make sure that I had this right because I was mm-hmm. like, well, you weren't in New York at the time. I wasn't in New York right. at the time. And this is obviously a very New York style. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to, to Imhotep. And Imhotep was like, no, Fabulous is absolutely not responsible for the style. Um, what he said was, he said around his sophomore or junior year, so that would have been, I guess, 98, 99. Uh-huh. That's when the fitters kind of came in. That's when the throwbacks kind of came in. He said the one person who probably doesn't get credit for this, but who should, is Shine. Shine on the huh. Barrington Levy, on the Barrington the Le- Levy record. Right. Um, he's wearing he's wearing like a like a Julius throwback Julius Irving, and he has like a fitted on. I'm not okay. sure if he had a fitted on, but he had the throwback Julius Irving. Okay. Jay Z has the fitted on with Do It Again. Okay. Yeah, he's got the he's got the the fitted on yeah. and everything like that, right? So. Immotet was making it seem like it was kind of just like more organic, like that just kind of became the style. Mm-hmm. Um, nevertheless, though, uh, you know, I didn't want to necessarily attribute it to Fabulous. But what I will say, though, it's possible, though, that if you weren't from New York, mm-hmm. right, and you were getting your style from hip hop, from the yeah. TV, perhaps it's possible that Fabulous was our first image of it. Maybe. maybe. I, so, all right, I, I think I can actually speak on this, right? Okay. Because Because at this time, I'm I'm technically headquartered in Brussels, right? right? Okay. And so, but I'm I'm shuttling back and forth between Chicago, California, and Brussels and Virginia okay. a little bit because this is around the time I was going to start going to UVA, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so you know, and one 
was really a thing that permeated culture. Hot sauce. Yeah, and so like our, the, the N1 mixtape, I remember being A-O. in high school in Virginia half man, half and, and people going crazy to get these, these N1 tapes. People would buy shoes for them. Yeah. People would dub them for each other. Like it was a cultural phenomenon. Professor. And, and when I moved to another country, I didn't realize how much that culture carried. Yeah. But what we considered hip hop culture between BET, what BET was doing with Rap City, uh, yeah. the basement, because people were taping that and, and passing that around as well. Okay. So I think like those things were moving New York and hip hop culture around the world. Yeah. Um, in a way that by the time you know a fabulous came out, that culture was already global. Okay. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, fabulous is doing that now. We're gonna do that. Yeah. I mean, and look, this is this is 21 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Trying to get some of the facts right here. We might get some things, some of the little sure. details wrong, but like, it's a good, it's a good exercise to try to remember like how the, like the chronology of just like right. what kind of came first. So, right. nevertheless, so that's that's where I was when this album came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it's never an album that I I sat to listen to. I just kind of like heard it in the in the background. Songs that Joe liked. He's like, yo, listen to this song. Okay. And I'm like, all right, like he's nice, great. He got his dick sucked. Again, <laughs> instead of he 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 said it used a different way to say it. Again, I know. cool, oh, it right? Gets so so boring <laughs> after a certain point in time. Yeah. Which something else that I that I actually do want to say about that though to Go shoot ahead. to shoot my man some bill because I was listening to this joint again. Yeah, and I and I, it, it made me think back to like because a fabulous isn't that much older than we are, right? Yeah. And like, so the amount of life experience that somebody has when they're, you know, 19, 19, 20, put, trying to work on an album. Mm-hmm. Like, he was 24. He, was he? Yeah. I thought he was like 20 or something. No, he was 24. He was born in 1977. He was 24 mm-hmm. when this album came okay, out. Okay, well, anyway. Yeah. You know I what still, Biggie was doing when he was 24? Well, life yeah, after. Yeah, that, that, that a little <laughs> but Biggie's also the greatest rapper <laughs> of all time. So, but but I was trying to shoot him some bells just on some like, he's a youngish guy. Like yeah. maybe he just doesn't have that much life experience at this point in time. Yeah. Now, now we're 10 albums in. Hopefully you got a little bit more to draw from. But yeah. back then he probably didn't. Yeah, I kind of want to give him some slack on that as yeah. well. We can get into some of the critical reception. Um, I remember that like this was like a fun album. Okay. Um, but like generally it was just kind of like meddling. Like there was some definitely some standout songs from it. And yeah. it, it was weird because the, the project was big enough that like it gave him a level of success without yeah. actually having the album needing to be great. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really recall. I didn't really get into what the critical reception was was from the wiki. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I don't remember Fabulous ever being a person whose albums like we highly anticipated. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I guess you might be right. And and I think one so, of the reasons why is because like for what it mattered, like okay, he might have had like his 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 songs where he had good bars on it, and the rest of the time he lived in a club, and I lived in a club, and like that was like all he needed to do. So, uh, so I I'm gonna disagree with you a little okay. bit. I will agree post this album, mm-hmm. but pre this album, we actually did anticipate this album. Interesting, because okay. we didn't know we didn't know what he was gonna be. That's right. Fair. Like you said, um, Superwoman comes out the mm-hmm. summer before this album comes out. Um, if I if I'm not mistaken, it, or maybe it was either this summer or the, the summer after. But anyway, when when, when when leading up to him, he's this dope freestyle artist. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he's got a we know he's got a, a Neptune's beat. We know yeah. he's got a Timbaland beat. Yeah. Uh, he's backed by Clue. Yeah, what is that gonna sound like? Gotcha. So like I was he- heavily anticipating this. Okay. It wasn't until after hearing this that I was like, okay, this guy lacks depth. I don't care about his albums. His singles are yeah. what matter. Yeah. But um, but I, just to well, go to and that's what I meant by 
you know, he he would have songs or records on on mixtapes or cuts on mixtape that might be dope. You know, he's got a freestyle of bars. Right. The rest of the time he's living in the club. That's what I mean, because he has yeah. singles that like we heard constantly throughout right. our college years. Right. And so to 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 go to the critical reception, because I got it pulled up here, cool. right? Um, it seems like it's mostly, you know, average scores. And by mm-hmm. average, I mean C average. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> all music's got this as a three out of five stars. Entertainment Weekly's got it as a C. Hip Hop DX has it as a three out of five. Pitchfork is actually the highest rating. They've got 7.2 out of 10. Mm. Rap Reviews, six out of 10. Rolling Stone, three and a half. So, I mean, people pretty much just thought that this was an average album. Let's get into the highlights a little bit. Um, I think for me, clever punchlines, right. the wordplay, the funny bars. Um, there was a lot of good party hits. Yeah. And it's just like a, like a first year time capsule for me. Mm, yeah. And that's kind of like, it. Right. Yeah. I'll co-sign you. I I I, I put punchlines. Yeah. Um. I think that you know. Um. He has. This is peak punchline rap. Yeah. And he's good at it. Yeah. Um. And the multi-syllabic, you know, rhymes. Like he's 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 nice at it. He just he leans on it too much. Right. Way too much. Like he, yeah. he he forces it. So I put this in my notes. Right. Like the way that Talib Kweli forces syllables, he forces rhymes. He'll sacrifice flow I agree. To, 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 to put a rhyme together. And yeah. a rhyme that's not even all that clever. Yeah. And he did it constantly throughout this right. project. He's got the same flow on 90% of this project. Yeah. It's monotonous. His voice isn't all that compelling. And it's it's funny because he gets the Mace comparison. And I, yeah. I want to say that Mace did birth that style. That Right? But then like... Mace has something else though. But Mace was better at like... He didn't sacrifice song structure yeah, yeah. or like 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 it didn't it didn't bother your ear mm-hmm. the way like fabulous like forced yes. that same you know cadence throughout the album. I think the other reason why the Mace comparison is a little is, is apt, kind of, is mm-hmm. because from an image standpoint, I think that fabulous. This is gonna sound very weird, but fabulous was like the image that he was projecting was like cute and pretty. Okay. Like not hard and thuggish. Despite okay. what he's saying, the image was like, everything is clean. He's uh, got the jewel. Everything is fresh. He's got this baby boy face. And it's just like, he's kind of trying to be sexy. And it's like a like a pretty boy image, <laughs> which which Mace was definitely doing. Like he oh, didn't start sure. out that way. Sure. But when he got on Bad Boy, he definitely leaned into that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that some of the comparisons, like obviously we're talking about vocal styles, but it's very easy to throw two guys together from an image perspective. And I think that's probably what they were doing, especially right. around that time. We all wanted to, like we all became attached to these certain figures in the in the mid-90s that had disappeared and gone away. So Tupac goes away, we're either going to replace him with Ja Rule or DMX. It's like, oh, who, who's DMX? <laughs> DMX is in himself. He's got to be the next Tupac, right. right? And so Mace goes away. Well, we need another Mace. Well, okay, let's maybe it's fabulous. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe. Um, so also, I don't know. Yeah. I just think that's one of the other reasons for 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 that comparison. Word. So uh, other highlights, uh, features. I said, uh, they all seem like they want to be here and they're taking it seriously, particularly Nate Dogg. Yeah. Uh, Nate Dogg. He understands the uh, the assignment for sure. Right. And Nate Dogg's feature almost almost serves as a cosign, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like it's like, oh, Nate Dogg's featured here. I'm gonna take this person seriously. That's true. Um, and then the uh, I said uh, a few of the producers. Rick Rock. Okay. I said Rick Rock doesn't get enough credit for being a part of the origin story of of, you know, Fabulous as okay. we know him. Um, and then Virginia's finest, man. Neptunes and Timbaland. Like, Timbo the King and, for, yeah, and uh, Neptunes. 757 sure. showed up, man. Yeah, they, they showed did. up and they showed out. Uh, they and, and those two records, you know, 
I very, very fondly remember those records you at, for in our college days as man, we played them records out. Yeah. For good reason. Um they, you know, were one record and we'll get to it when we talk about these, but became, you know, one of, if not like the premier shake Harlem Shake song in a time frame when Harlem Shaking at parties was a thing. And we will get into that when we talk about this record. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, <laughs> this one's funny. Uh, I, I got Dr. Dre. Um, and the reason I got Dr. Dre is I said, forgetting a beat on here and not even being involved with the project. Because day one, or one day, the, mm -hmm. the one, uh, I knew it was because yeah. one day I'll be, that's literally somebody doing their best Dr. Dre impression. Dun, dun, oh, interesting. Dun, okay. Dun, dun. Yeah. Like, there's literally like all of the Maybe Dre. Maybe Dr. Dre or Scott Storch. Well, I guess. But Dr. Dre, this gotcha. is a Dr. Dre impression. So I, okay. I, I thought that that was funny that uh, it seemed like somebody tried to do their Dr. Dre impression on the album. So those are my highlights. Okay. Uh, Lowlights? Yeah. Do you want to go? Look, easiest ones here are DJ Clue and Duro. Um, they're trash on here. High they five. Are, they are. <laughs> I don't think they're not, trash, but I, they, I, I do Look, think they have nice. they have one record that's actually, okay, it's decent. They have one that's, that's good. Yeah. And the rest are, oh my. God, <laughs> like the way you talk about like some bars are like groaners, like uh -huh. some of these beats are groaners. That's it's fair. like, whoa. Yeah. Those are my biggest low light. Also, if we're going to talk about like featured guests and producers. I mm -hmm. mean, Just Blaze, this, is this like his, I do not like this Just Blaze beat. This might mm -hmm. be easy. I actually don't think it's that bad, but I agree with you that like the instrumentation is annoying. That like, me, 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 like the, the Look, specific scent that he chose is annoying. We'll, 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 we'll talk about more of that, that mm -hmm. song later. But the, uh, the other thing too. Okay, so the lack of depth and the lack of imagination from Fabulous. Absolutely. Right? Like, and Absolutely. I think that, uh, spoiler alert, this is a make it a classic. And typically when we do this, when we, when we go through our analysis of the tracks afterwards, we we give our assessment of how we can do a make it a classic. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I didn't even attempt to do one. Dee. Because I don't think you can make this a classic. Given uh, You'd have to completely retool Fabulous that. and reconceptualize Fabulous. Now that being said though, that being said, when, when we talk about these albums, and we did an episode about like what makes an album a classic, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And... There's a lot of different things, you know, musicality, you know, constant themes, you know, subject matter, this that, and the other. There's there's a lot of that. But that being said, though, not every single album has to have those things for it to be great. Mm -hmm. They can all fit into their little, little niches, right? Yeah. So, for example, like a, a like a good example of that might have been um, what's Ludacris' debut album, or not the debut, but the 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 one that um, With Southern Hospitality, the big one, the one that has um, or use back a hoe, back, back for, for the, the first, first time. time, back for yeah. the first time, right? Like, I'm not gonna say that's a classic record but that album was very well received mm -hmm. and that is an album that like for a lot of you can't really take serious but it's fun like there was a niche for it and it worked yeah right and i feel like there i think the best chance for this one to be a classic would be to kind of like fill that lane a little bit to do something right. so let me get my low lights Maybe. in before we talk about the, the make it a classic I, well, my, my, my point was i was just teasing the fact that like there's just there's there's just nothing here, really, barely. Um, and so, and the lack of an imagination and like the fact that like, you know, you literally come up with like a hundred different ways to get head. Like it's cool, yeah. but it, it gets tiresome. It gets very tiresome. So tiresome that the, the fact that like you have an entire song on here dedicated to that, that might have worked if it wasn't already existing on the rest of the album. <laughs> I don't disagree with that at all. Um, so my lowlights are very similar. Um, yeah. I said Clue and Duro as executive producers. I said this project lacks both depth and direction. 
Um, and then I said Clue and Duro as actual producers. Um, I said I didn't notice this the, until this time around, but the beats sound very dated. And, you know, it, it it's kind of glaring when you juxtapose it with how the 757 producers showed up. You mm-hmm. know, like like Tim and, 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 uh, and the Neptunes, their beats just... They sound so much better when you put pair them next to these these Clue and Duro beats, right? Um, and then last, I said same to same as you, uh, Fabulous as a main character. I said, mm. you know, outside of the fact that he likes to get dome and smoke weed, we don't learn anything about his story except for on one song, and that's one day. Yeah, true. So, yeah. Yeah. so those are my those are my overarching lowlights. Uh, did I have anything else? I don't think I have anything else. Yeah, no. Um, so we did the critical reception. Should we, do you want to do each of these track for track, or do you just want to say your highlights and lowlights and move on? Um, I mean, we can just say each track and nah. say if, if you think it's a highlight or a lowlight. If not, we just keep it moving. I don't have a lot to say about a lot of these records. That's so. fine. Uh, Click and Spark? Meh. So this is a lowlight for me. This is oh, one of man. the ones that I don't remember. Joe skipped it. Joe never played uh, I don't remember Joe ever playing this. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, I didn't like the beat on it. Um, that's pretty much the reason why. So most most of the lowlights that I have, most of them are beat related. Yeah. And just like song related. Yeah. Um, because on a lot of these, even though I don't really like the beats, I actually think they're like fabulous that shine. Yeah, Fab comes off on, yeah. on Click and Spark. I mean, you know, it doesn't do anything for you, but it's, you know, it's two minutes of just him rhyming. This is, uh, this is one of Brian's highlights. You like this oh, one. Okay. Yeah. It's one of the better songs on here, but that doesn't say it doesn't bode well for the album. That's true. I, I it didn't work for me. I didn't like it. Okay. Uh, keeping it gangster. Again, one of the better songs in here, but eh, so this is one of Brian's highlights. But it's a low light for me. I do not think this song has aged well. This is one of the ones that Joe used to play, so I definitely remember keeping it gangster. And this yeah. is one of the ones that was. This was getting like. You know, when you're when you're in the the stacks, whatever, and like people are like doing work and people are like playing music or this in the is dorm, the, the library for, for, for folks that didn't right. go to UVA. Like the song like this would have been one of the songs that was on in the background. Keeping mm. it gangster, like everybody was saying it, but like I do not think this has aged well. Mm. Um the, the beat sounds like, you know, a twelve year old made it. Um <laughs> and his vocal range on here, like his singing on the hook, look, it might have actually worked today. Because, you know, Drake just put out an entire album sounding like this. <laughs> but in listening back to it, I just, I don't think it has aged well. And it's just, it's like, it like grinds my ears. I just think mm. the song is just not good to me. I don't think it's nearly as bad as you do. But I, but I also don't think that it's like, it's good enough where I'm like, like we need this in the world. Like if, like if keeping it gangsta never happened and mm-hmm. just somebody just, when it just never happened, nothing would change. Yeah. I feel so, like. yeah. All right. The next one, Youngin. Holla back, young hey, High life for sure. Still a highlight, show. yo. This Still shit is aged so well. Still a this highlight. Is, this, so. is, this is one of the better Neptunes beats from back in the day, too. That's like, because one. there's a lot of... We, we talked before about this with Neptunes, like, where their legacy is and this, that, and the other. And, like, on a lot of those records that are, like, really catchy back in the day, they haven't all, all aged that well. They just... They sound very mm. one-dimensional, very shallow, no depth. Uh, this one still goes. This it one does. still goes. It does. It does. I got a couple stories on this one. Please. So the please. first, and I, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast. Go but, ahead. But my introduction to Outlaw as a human, oh. <laughs> I, 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 I come to I come to UVA, and uh, you know at the time, like I said, like Harlem shaking at parties was yeah. a thing. Yeah. And so I remember <laughs> I remember being around. I think I was around Erm, but I was around some people. And, and I just remember hearing your name, like your name came up and they're yeah. like, yeah, you know, this cat outlaw. And I'm like, who's outlaw? Yeah. And they're like, this light-skinned cat that be shaking at parties. Yeah. 
I and so like I, did, I, I didn't know you, but that was my first introduction to you. It was yeah. like, yeah, Outlaw, the light-skinned cat that be shaking that party. I think you yeah. had braids at the time. Uh, no, like I was trying to... I had actually cut my hair. Oh, okay. I don't think I had braids. I just um, remember that. Remember no. hearing that. So and yeah. and Youngin was the was the soundtrack was of that. Of it was like when the song was playing, this conversation happened where yeah. it was like, oh yeah, I love blah 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 blah. But um, but yeah, man, this record, so many amazing memories with this record. Um, the the only other thing I will say that is a story is um, it was who was I think it was Nori on Drink Champs. Okay, and he was talking about how Pharrell produces people. Okay. And how Pharrell is like a genius at producing people. And essentially, when he gives people, like, he'll give you a hit record and he'll tell you how to rap to it. Mm. So apparently he gave this beat to, to Fabulous and was like, Rolling. yo, you know. Mm -mm. Yeah, and he was saying, like, Fabulous came back and was like, I can't come up with anything. Like, I don't know what yeah. to say. And he was like, go back and listen to Ice Ice Baby, Vanilla Ice's second verse. And literally, if you listen to the, the hey, I can pull up the lyrics. Like, it's literally, you can rap the same lyrics to the cadence. Of, of this joint. You know what's so funny? When I was, uh, so in one of my lowlights or one of my notes, and I already said it, that I was talking about how like his his flow is very monotonous. Uh -huh. um, it's, it's throughout. This is one of the songs where it's not that, like his flow goes in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, it's interesting because I never really had that assessment of Fabulous until listening to this record because I never heard the record before. I was only listening to the singles and this is one of them. And so like, this single, he sounds totally different on here than he does on the rest of the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and it's, it's literally because Pharrell was like, take this flow. And like dope. he literally took the exact flow that that he told them to and it became a hit. So I thought that was an amazing story. In terms of in terms of shaking, yes, this is one of the records that we used to dance to. Uh, the crew, were, the, the, the main four were, um, they were all from New York. So Hustle yeah. was from, was he from the Bronx? I think Hustle was from the Bronx. Divine was from the Bronx. Immotep was from Brooklyn. Right now, there were other people who tried to shake. Leon tried to shake a little bit. Ermia tried to shake a little. Like Ermia swore he could, and he he actually wasn't bad, <laughs> but like he wasn't he wasn't on our level. The only reason why I got our there, our level. No, it's no, but it's true though. It's true. Like, like bro, everybody was trying to shake. I, I'm I'm actually embarrassed to say that I was trying to shake. Like that's we, Like we had our crew that tried to shake too. We battled. We was battling people at parties, shaking. I'm a kid who grew up in California who's trying to do Look, Harlem Shake at parties. Like, that was just a thing. So so what it was for me is, so the the previous spring, Spring Fling, I met Divine, mm -hmm. right? And so my, my the song that I love the most was Let's Get It, G-Dep. Still my yeah. favorite Shake song, right? That's fire. And so, like, Divine, in my opinion, Divine was the nicest of all of us, okay. right? It was, the, it was Divine, then it was it was me and Hustle were kind of tied, mm -hmm. and then Imhotep swears he was the nicest. I don't think so. <laughs> I think I was nicer than him, right? Anyway, anyway, but Divine taught me how to do it. And I remember the first time I learned how to shake, like really do it, like my, my ribs were like really, really sore because your, your shoulders work and your hips work in a way that like, they're not really used to doing it, right? But here's, here's the funny thing about it though, and this is embarrassing, like I was one of those people that like, if I was just like walking down the street, just minding my own business, I have a song in my head, like I would just start shaking, <laughs> which is something that was like a, a very, very childlike mentality. Every once in a while, I might still do something silly, not necessarily shake, but just like walk down the street, like just do something, whatever, right? But I did this all the time in college. And like, <laughs> people would be laughing and make fun of me as they should have. I didn't really care. <laughs> I didn't really care because I was like, whatever, like, uh, but like, it was a very, <laughs> it was just very, very childish. But yeah, that that was that was me. I, I was at, I was at Cam the party. This song, this song though was crazy. My other crazy memory of this song is uh you know being a first year and like you said there by the time I came as a first year 
the New York cats that shook at parties was already a thing. And so it was yeah. like, that was kind of an established thing. Yeah, so, you know, I came into UVA with a ship on my shoulder anyway. So I was mm-hmm. always, you know, about doing something different. But I'll never forget, we had this party and, um, and Youngin comes on and my boy Trey is, is, you know, he's at the party, he's shaking or whatever. One of the New York cats came up and just like, just, just dusted him, like got him out, out of the way. Like, yeah. and everybody was like, oh, like it was crazy. And so, you know, I jumped out because we as we as a little first year crew, we we not going to let nobody mess with our crew. And I remember I jumped out and I'm getting the cat. He getting me going at each other. And I hit him with the N1, put his head in the shirt, the jersey, got him out of there. Everybody was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, man. So, yo, this this song, man, so many amazing yeah. memories with this record, Joe. Holler back, youngin. Highlight Woo-hoo. Uh, get right. How you feel about this one? It's a med light. Um, to yeah, me, I'm just I think, neutral about it. Yeah, I think if the hook wasn't so bad, I would actually like it. Like the mm-hmm. beat is good. This is a good Rock Wilder beat. I told you about how I feel about Rock Wilder beats. I either hate them or I love them. This would be on the love them side of the spectrum, but he just doesn't do anything. With Here's it. what I will say about this beat and Rock Wilder in particular, right? Um, mm-hmm. I actually thought of a concept for an episode to do, mm-hmm. which would be to take beats. Take producers from this kind of time period on songs that you're like you're we're, we'd probably be less familiar with. Okay. Play them and have us guess who it is. Okay. The reason why is because I was listening to this record and I was like, that sounds like a Rockwilder beat. Right. I look it up like, yep, it's a Rockwilder beat. Uh-huh. But I was underwhelmed because to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Rockwilder's producer. He's got some okay. joints that I really really like. Mm. Um, but for the most part, I was like, eh. But then, like, even, like, the hook, you know, uh, grab the, your dicks if you get in right, grab your tits if you... It's, it's like, I mean, and it's like, okay, you know, you're from Brooklyn. You've yeah. got to be you've got to be inspired by by Biggie. I get it. But, like, like take take that hook somewhere that it hasn't been or do something original. Like, this just... There's nothing original about his performance. Yes. Uh, so, the next one, ride for this. Oh, God. You hated this? This shit is awful. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's I will a, it's say a low this. Life I, 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 it's a low I, life for Brian. Wait, 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 wait. I, I do want to say this. I think that your opinion of Ja Rule <laughs> is is unnecessarily brutal it's, in this yo, in this time frame. It's also the beat, and, though, and I think it's easy to beat up on Ja Rule. But like Ja Rule, like has output that's dope. Like yeah. Vinny Vinny Vici is dope. I, like he's I know got that. good shit. I know that. Yeah. I like Th- that. This no. song is not that good, but it's not bad either. It's fine. I think it's the just, beat is trash. It just sounds like some shit from this era. Like it's just so I don't even want to say played out, but it's just like I don't care about this song. You know what I mean? I think that if you if you're gonna make a beat like this, fully commit to it and make it like a like a NWA like Easy E kind of thing, because it's got some of that instrumentation, right? Like this sounds from that like, 80s period. This sounds like some of the shit that when when uh, Irv Gotti was trying to do the Murderers, which was like Ja Rule and all his friends. It sounds like some shit they would have put out, and I would have not listened to it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was <laughs> I. Yeah, I. I just I don't like this. I don't yeah. think it'd be as bad. All right. Uh, so next we have One Day. So this is a highlight for me. This is a highlight for me for the simple fact that it has subject matter. Yeah. So by default, I give it a highlight. Um, I don't have any idea about whether or not any of this is real. You know what I mean? But it sounds like it could be real. Right? I hate when you do this, so I'm just going to keep I know. moving. I, I feel you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, dude is a part of Street Family, which yeah. is uh, a well-known 
we take niggas chains and they might die crew gotcha. out of Brooklyn. So okay. I think that, you know, he doesn't even say anything on here that's that gangster to me. He's no, just no, like, yo, oh, no. I'm I grew up poor. It's like, yeah, you probably did. No, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that to discount him. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I I have I don't know anything about Fabulous. Okay. Like his personal life. I agree. He, right? should, he needs to do a That's better job. That's my point. Of, so yeah. I have no idea if this is real or not. Right. But it sounds like it could be. So this is a highlight <laughs> for me. Like yeah. it sounds like it's death. Like yeah. the, the, the criticism isn't that like he's being fake here. The criticism is that like I just don't know shit about it. <laughs> yeah. That's the criticism. The, the, the other thing that makes me laugh about this, because I went back and listened to it again. And I remember thinking like, Man, this song when it, when this album came out, I remember thinking this song is so introspective. I wish there was more like yeah. this. But like the shit that he's talking about is like, yo, you know, the hoes wouldn't give me no brain. <laughs> My life's so hard. It's like, bro, you're gonna tell me that your life is hard because hoes aren't giving you brain. Hold on, like, didn't he like, say something about like? Getting off the train at three in the morning to sell coke, whether it was like rain, sleet, or snow. Yeah, re cocaine. Yeah, he's yeah. like, um, I didn't do the rhyme right, but I think that was the essence yeah, of what he was saying. Yeah, was yeah. Like, okay. So I mean, he's talking about, but it was just funny, like, you know, glance at my shirt and didn't see no chain, so yeah. then they wouldn't give me no brain. It's like, bro, like, I, I was feeling sorry for you until you told me that I'm supposed to feel bad because hoes aren't giving you brain. Like, right. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it's a highlight, as you said, just because of the subject matter and the the fake Dr. Dre beat. Yeah, um, I, here I said, um, I think the song could be a little stronger, but beggars can't be choosers. Got you. Yeah. Uh, Trade it all, featuring Jagged Edge. This is a med light for me. And I want it to be a highlight. It's yeah. almost there, but it's a it's a med light. So when when this album came out, so, so you know if you remember at the time, right, an artist would choose their singles and they would roll their singles out, and sometimes some of the singles would come out after the album. Okay. So when this album came out, I remember hearing Trade It All and being and and I remember seeing the the track list and seeing the Jagged Edge was on it. And being like, Jagged Edge was, was dope yeah. at the time. And my brother's super into R&B, so. Yeah, and they, you know, they were I'm, good contributors I'm to hip-hop records. Yeah, and so, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this record. And I heard this record and I was like, this is so mediocre. And I remember at the time, Barbershop was a movie. Mm -hmm. And then they had like Barbershop 2 or whatever. And it was either this or the remix that they put on the soundtrack of one of those Barbershop movies. And I think that, that was the reason why it became like a single and it was oh, big okay. and everything. But this song is so mediocre to me. So I will say it's one of the better, it's the second best beat from Clue and Duro, in okay. my opinion. Um, the other thing too is that I, I think the reason why it's not a highlight is because while it is one of their better beats, it's also not memorable for what it is. Like it's a girl yeah. record, right? Yeah. And there's probably other better girl records that were coming out at the time. That's what I will say though, what, uh, what I do love about this song is the outro, the skit. I love the skit. So the skit basically is just talking about like all the shenanigans that Fabulous is doing, right? And it actually, like based off of the image that he's creating, it feels like, it feels like very appropriate for who he is. It's basically just like immature shit. Like he was like, oh, he was caught selling defective slip mats to DJs. Like that shit just like had me chuckling, <laughs> right? Like it was just like a bunch of random shit. Like uh, it was just, funny. it was just funny. Okay. And so, um, and they're like, oh, when asked about it, all he had to say was, F A B O L O U S and no other comment. Like it was just I don't know. It was supposed to be like a like an interview about him or something. It was just like it was just like a funny little like someone was just like reading like a newsreel about about Fabulous, right? And all like this like stupid little ignorant shenanigans. Right, right. And it was just it was just funny. Yeah. So um that skit was definitely a highlight for me. Okay. Uh so yeah, so the next we have is uh right now and later on. Gotta be a highlight. Gotta be a highlight. Gotta Timbo the King for sure. Yeah, man. And and you know, I mean, this was a time frame. And I, I think 
we, you know, we give Pharrell and the Neptunes a lot of love. I just came from their three-day festival here in town. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? They, in the water. They put big. on for seven, five, it was on, seven, it was on everybody's IG stories. It was huge. I feel um, like I was there vicariously. <laughs> but, but Timberland, I don't think like, I don't think we necessarily remember him in the in the pantheon the way we should. Who's like, we? Like, the collective we or you and I we? The collective. Okay. We. Yeah. Uh, like 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 I I feel like Timberland and I think I was telling someone else this. I feel like Timberland is a victim of the social media era. Okay. In that I think that Pharrell is cool. Yeah. Like and by cool I mean like when you interview him he always says the right shit. He looks smooth. His skin's yeah. glowing. Pause. You know what I'm saying? He's like, a personality. Like he has a personality. Yeah. Like, like, and even if it's not a big personality, it is a personality. Yeah. When you give Timbaland a microphone, he's goofy and rambunctious and silly in a way that you're just kind of like, whoa, this guy's a little, yeah. he's a little awkward, like obnoxious. And I think that once we got to the social media era where everybody has a camera in their face all the yes, time, yeah. Timbaland may have discounted himself in terms of how we think of him. But Maybe. um, but man, Timbaland could not miss in this era, and he's this one of the greatest producers right, of all time. He's in my top to six. He's in my be. elite, my elite uh, tier. And this producers. record, it's so funny because this record is not even a memorable Timbaland yeah. joint. It's it's fine, mm -hmm. but it's just because he has so much amazing shit yeah. that it's just fine. It's aged very well though. He's great, man. Yeah. Timbaland's great. So. It's definitely definitely a highlight for me. Yeah, highlight. Uh, so take you home featuring Lil Mo. Melite, uh, this song's not bad. It's just not imaginative at all. It's a simple ass beat and a simple ass hook, uh, you know, concept of a song that was out when my parents were partying. Like, it's fine. It's a low light for me. It's another yeah. one that I remember Joe skipping. Um, <sighs> the thing that's a shame about it is that it's, you know, he's collaborating with Lil Mo. Lil Mo yeah. And they had such, you know, great chemistry yeah. on, on her record that they can't reproduce it here, which yeah, is yeah. hard to do. You want to recreate it, but it can be hard to recreate. Well, they did it again with Forever. So they did it twice. Oh, uh, well, it, but they didn't do it on the And they, and they were, they did Can't Let You Go. They did multiple records yeah, together right. that they were did. successful and good. It's a shame that, that it's not on yeah, this podcast. It ain't, this ain't it. Yeah, so it's a low life for me. Yeah. Get Smart. This song is fucking horrible. So it's... It's terrible. All right, so it's a med light for me. It's a low light for me. It's a low so light bad. for Brian as well. Yeah. Um, what I will say about it is that, like, I remember Joe played the song a lot and got a kick out of it. So because of that, like, and because I remember thinking it was, like, clever at the time, I was like, all right, it's cool. But, like, it's not, it's not the best song. I don't know. I'm comfortable considering it a low light. But for me, I had it as a This is my low light of low lights. I fucking hate this shit. It's terrible. And and I think one of the things that you said resonates here for me, which is like, he's been getting head on every song. Yeah. So by fucking song 12 or whatever, yeah. when now you want to give me your whole song about how you get head, it's like, bro, I don't care, man. Get out of here with this shit. And it's like, maybe, you know, when I was listening to this album, I was probably, what, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So you would think that at that age, I might think that this is cool. But even back yeah. then, I was like, "This is fucking stupid." I think what it is is that this is one of the out. This is one of the records that made us so that like I didn't really take that of this seriously, right? And <laughs> he's I think clearly that, not taking it seriously. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think I kind of like, like this is the reason why I compared him to Ludacris, right? And this is gonna seem like a diss, and it's not. But like, he kind of comes off kind of kind of clownish, and I think that Ludacris was able to get. To, to get away with it because he really leaned into it and yeah, just completely did. sold into it yeah, and was also like 
not every single time. Like he's got some, he's got some bars that are definitely corny and they're not great. Mm. But he also has some bars that are like, yo, like he's he's nice oh, yeah, as well. He's nice. I concur with you. Yeah. I think Fabulous comes off like he's taking himself seriously, maybe too seriously. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like you said, Luda really leaned into the cartoonishness. Yeah. Like to a point where you weren't sitting there like trying to be like, is this is a guy that's taking himself serious. Yeah. And so and so it yeah. works. But I'm like, I'm here. I just I listen to a song like this in conjunction with the rest of the rest of the album. I'm just like, I mean, I don't want to say like you're a clown, but like it's I can't really take you seriously. Like because yeah. the, the, the bars are there. The metaphors, the wordplay, it's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But just like the content, I'm like, you know, you know what I will say though? I will give him some, 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 some slack. I'll cut him some slack because I remember he did an interview. He, he's just got this line and he was basically saying, like, look, he didn't re really even fancy himself a rapper. Okay. That he only started to rap. He only took it seriously when he realized that he can make money from it uh -huh. and he was tired of being broke. Right. You know what I mean? And so I can see it's like, like someone like Most Def mm -hmm. clearly. Like when Black on Both Sides comes together, it's to the point, I think you said the point on the podcast, and I'm not sure if it was an original thought, but nevertheless, it's like you spend your entire, like like your second album, maybe it took you two years to create. Your first yeah. album, it took your entire life to create. Right, right. And like Black on Both Sides is clearly an album that most definitely took his entire life to create, right, right? right? This is something that looks like, it sounds like it was thrown together in two or three weeks. Absolutely. And maybe it's because Fabulous never really had a vision for himself, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you think okay. about like how we know Fabulous, it's like, all right, it's mixtapes, it's videos, it's singles. Yeah. It's almost like if Fabulous were, were, were a younger artist in today's, era like it would make sense mm -hmm. you don't need to make good albums you right, just need right, to have like a good hot singles or something for tiktok fabulous would probably kill the shit now yeah that's true i don't disagree so anyway but that's a that's a that's get smart so yeah. then we have the highlight of highlights yeah which is uh can't deny it right and this is rick rocks this is nate dog this is uh this shit is fire yeah this shit is still hot I said, this West Coast producer and this legendary West Coast vocalist made yeah. a Brooklyn star. So let me ask you something, right? All right. Who who does it better? East Coast artists on West Coast beats or West Coast artists on East Coast beats? I have my answer, which is I think you know which one I'm going to say. I don't know. Like, I guess you got to give me some examples. I, I think it's I think it's East Coast artists on West Coast beats. I, there's some West Coast artists that can do well on East Coast. For instance, you know, like Corrupt or Snoop. But I mean, like, if you think about it, like, like Biggie going back to California or Jay Z on like his West Coast record, this joint here, right? It's just like you put you put a New York rapper on that West Coast swing, and it's just like that shit just goes for some reason. Yeah. I think West Coast, a lot of West Coast production can be more musical than yeah. a lot of East Coast production yeah, was sure. in this time frame. And so that's probably also what it is a, a bit, right? It's yeah. just like when you have more music, you have more to work with. That's true. That's yeah. true. Nevertheless, this joint, this joint is still dope. It's great. And uh, it's yeah, great. My, my highlight of highlights for sure. Yeah, I just remember, you know, coming back to Cali for the summer and this record just being on the radio all the time mm -hmm. and just everybody being like back in Cali like, yo, this kid, like, you know, he, yeah. he got Nate on it. Like, it's, yeah. he's he's about to be out of here. So, yeah. yeah. Right. So next we have uh, Mobby Easy. I've got this as a metal light. Okay. Uh, this beat is actually not bad to me. Like I, I, I think okay. you hate it more than I do. Yeah. Um, but man, the hook and the concept are so bad. It just this is, and this is where where Fabulous is starting to get annoying to me, like this, boring. So I actually didn't think he was that boring on this record. Um, I actually thought like, yeah, he was. He didn't bore me on this. Mm. Um, but nevertheless, it was 
a low light. I think that, and it's a highlight for Brian, so I had to shout that out. It's a highlight for him, but it's a low light for me. I thought this was weak from Just Blaze. And this is when, this is, what did I say here? I said, yeah, this is when imitating beats from other producers goes very wrong. He's doing his best job to sound like the Neptunes. And I think he fails. I think for me, the thing that I hate the most about this is um, I really don't like those records where people pitch their voice up to try to sound like a woman. So like, okay. I got the <laughs> or um, she ain't got no money in the bank. She ain't be my. I fucking hate all those songs, and yeah. and they do that here. I really don't like it. And then um, you know, I mean, at this point, it's like I guess fabulous. And 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 this is interesting, right? We talk about his kind of lack of an image, mm-hmm. but maybe to your earlier point about the mace thing, maybe the image he's going for is like he's a pimp, right? Because sure. so on this song, it's like. Oh, I'm not giving these hoes anything. That's yeah. what the whole song is about. But it's like, it who didn't, cares? It didn't. I, so for me, if we're going to talk the image thing, what it what it felt like was that like, oh, like New York, New York is hot right now. So we took all like the notable things, the notable things from the like the New York image, and just kind of like, just try to put it on himself. But like, okay. I'm not even sure if he was really like living all that. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just like, it's basically the, the thing is, is that like, I felt. Like he actually could have been like a student at UVA, the way that we were all, not me, but everybody else was trying to wear, you know, the Mitchell and S and the fitted caps mm, and the things that saying. they were talking about. But he like was putting his image on as though they were clothes is what you're saying. Yeah, but it wasn't like it wasn't like he truly stood out from that. So like a good example would have been someone like Divine, and some of our listeners know Divine, and some some others don't. But like Divine was very much like a personality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like he had all these New York things, but like. Divine was oh, memorable yeah, was for a reason. Yep. You know what I mean? And so it's like, but like Fabulous seemed like he's just kind of like trying to like, just, I don't know, latch on to these things or yeah. just like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I never really got a sense of who he was other yeah. than like, I rap, I get my dick sucked. I have like, yeah. you know. Spoiler. And that's always been my biggest criticism. And so, you know, for, for Kaysen who's listening <laughs> and for you who, you know, you we do the podcast together. When y'all hear me bring up Fabulous, it's not to beat up on Fabulous. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that there hasn't been a whole lot of character development there. I just don't know shit yeah. about this nigga. And I've been listening yeah. to this nigga for 20 years yeah. and I still don't know anything about him. Yeah. All I know is about the stuff that we're, you know, the domestic violence stuff that we hear about in the in the in the the the, the news or, you know, little yeah. things about his crew. But as far as him as a man, I don't know anything about the man. Yeah. So All right, well, uh, we don't give a fuck. This is the obligatory bounce double time record that everybody had to have in the early 2000s. It's a real mad light for me. So this was, I was neutral on this. This is Fabulous and Armando Cullen doing their best Jay-Z and Timbo impression from Jigawatt. I don't hate it, but uh, it bores me. Yeah, it's boring. So, and literally like that's that's the beat they're trying to make. That's the flow they're trying to recreate. Uh, it doesn't work, but it's also like, it's whatever. Yeah. I don't hate it though. And I mean, it's not just them, right? Like even Jay-Z was re-imagining that song, right? Like they, like every, all of these guys were making a, a double time record yeah, on true. every single album. Like Jay-Z had that song, Road Dogs. Um, it was on a DJ Clue joint and it had it had all of them. And it's the same concept. Like yeah. they're all just trying to do these like double time records because I guess that was what was popping at the time. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So the next we have Bad Guy featuring Pain in the Ass. What a waste of Pain in the Ass. So Pain in the Ass is great on here. Pain in the Ass is always great for the most part. It's yeah. just like don't, don't waste him. 
And then like it, they didn't even really need him because they really just needed that 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 clip of Tony Montana saying you need people to be the bad guy. But it's like if Fabulous had told us something about himself, it's like when how you talked about how like Jay Z has all these songs about his haters and people hating on him, and it's like, are people really hating on him? I don't know, but he's saying it so much that like I kind of believe him <laughs> that people are hating on him. Yeah. So Fabulous is saying that like, like we're we're trying to paint him out to be the bad guy, nigga. We don't know shit about you. Why do we think you're a bad guy? We don't know. We don't know you. So, <laughs> what what so what I was saying is that like. The like the the theme on here doesn't make sense with the image that they projected, mm. right? Because like I said, the image that they have projected is not a bad guy, right? It's like you're a pretty boy, exactly. or whatever. Yeah. So it's like I don't I don't buy this. Like if right. Fifty Cent is gonna say he's a bad guy, I that get makes it. Perfect if DMX sense. is exactly. gonna say he's a bad guy, I get it. Completely. If Jay Z says he's a bad guy, I get it. Beanie Siegel, I get it. Right. Right. If Nelly says he's a bad guy, eh. like, are you? If yeah, Will Smith says he's a bad guy, <laughs> that's Mace, fair. That's fair. You know Even what I mean? Mace, like, like eh. yeah. yeah, Fabulous is telling these bad guys like, I don't buy it. And it's right. not because you could be a bad guy in your real life. Yeah, you right, could right. be. But that's not what you told me up until this point. I agree. I agree with you. So uh, but the other thing, too, he also repeats a line from Superwoman when he says, maybe come faster than a speeding bullet. Yeah, I think he said it first here, right? Well, then he definitely. Well, well actually, no. This Superwoman come comes out first. Not too. The the, you're, the Superwoman right. single with Fabulous on it yeah, came out before this. I record. think you're right. I think you're right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so anyway, um, we don't like the song. I don't. It's not a low light for me, but I just not. It's just not. I didn't think it was very good. I don't like it. Um, gotta be thug. I don't hate this song. I know you're gonna hate it. I don't hate the song. It, I, I think, it's actually a highlight for me. I, oh, I think this okay. is. I think this is the best beat on the record. Their best. Beat. Their best. Okay. Yes, okay. Cool I, I Duro. I was gonna say I was gonna say it's not necessarily a highlight, yeah. I, but I, but I I don't I like I don't dislike this song. Like it's fine. I also think uh, Fabulous delivers here. He doesn't mm -hmm. sound as boring as he usually does. Okay. Um. And so, but but I like the beat on here. It, it's you know I had to give it a highlight, obligatory highlight because yeah. it is Clue and Duro's best best beat on. I here. think this is this is my favorite Clue and Duro production on here. Well. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a highlight. So. And I think that it's actually also uh, Fabulous's most complex hook on here. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. yeah, like most of his yeah. hooks are just "Nah, be easy" or some dumb shit like that. <laughs> and this is like something that actually has a little bit of depth to it. Oh my god! If if Brian is still listening to us, he is like he's so shit. mad. He's probably. In fairness to him, though, he said that I asked him. I said, "Where does this album fit in his catalog?" And he said, "Like, yo, it's at the bottom." Really? Yeah. So he so he oh, likes, but he's talking mixtapes. Probably. He Yo, just said Brian, the song you, was a you gotta let us know. Besides Real Talk, I think was the name of that album. Like, what album is better than this in Fabulous's <laughs> albums? Like, he has bad albums, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so the last one we have is uh, If They Want It. Um, I remember this record, yeah. but it didn't really do anything for me. It was on the Clue Project. Okay. And, you know, I will say for me, when I heard it on the Clue Project, People who were serious recording artists didn't always give Clue their best, right? Yes. They would give Clue some <laughs> shit and be like, yo, put this on. You know, that'll promote us while we put our good shit out. So yeah. in, in my mind, I, my expectation wasn't, oh, this guy's giving Clue his best record. It yeah. was, he just gave him some shit. So if that's what he was doing, then I'm cool with it. It's a fine little mixtape cut. Yeah. If this is, I'm taking this seriously and I want you to promote this, this is not a great song. So... Let's have you make this a classic. Now, I already spoiled at the outset that I don't really have anything. I, I mean, I have mm -hmm. general notes, but I don't have a specific track list to make this a highlight. Okay. Obviously, 
the songs that I like, I'm going to keep. Mm-hmm. But the songs that I'd add, I mean, it's pretty much just like, give me songs either with like, with better with better beats. <laughs> and if you're going to be like funny, then lean into that. Right. Or give me more substance. Okay. Right. It's it's, yeah. it's kind of it. Like, I'm not sure how else to make this a classic. So I I, I did have to labor a bit to make it a classic. And I okay. will say that, that <laughs> at, at some point, like, I'm going to stall out at there are records that just do not exist in the ethos today. Oh, sure. I do that, that all the time. Gonna, that are going to have to be made. Yes. So all right. I think I did. Uh, I think I did that on the last Make It a Classic. So here's what I did, right? Um, and 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 kudos to you because you said this on another episode about this person, and it connected for me with this artist. Um, so I have two executive producers here. Mm-hmm. The first is Fat Joe, and the reason I chose Fat Joe is because. Fat Joe has effectively done what Fabulous is trying to do here. Okay. Fabulous is a street guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's street oriented. He has some street records here, but but he doesn't want that to be his his music persona. He wants okay. to be a mainstream artist yeah. that makes mainstream big smash records. Yeah. That's what Fabulous is. Yeah. He hasn't me- maybe necessarily canvassed it all the way. But Fabulous is like a skinny version of what of what like like Fat Joe's trying to accomplish here, right? He's a street dude with a street reputation who makes huge records that women love that you can dance to in the, yeah. in the club. Yeah. So Fat Joe's my first executive producer. My second is Pharrell, and I'll just say the Neptunes. Okay. Um, and the reason is because I feel like Fabulous really effectively did what the Neptunes tried to do over and over again with their own acts. Yeah. So um, the clips. Fabulous is better than the clips are at what the clips do. do. Yeah, for sure. Fabulous can, can he's a better punchline oriented artist. He he he, he kills the, the, this Neptune production. What were we gonna say? I was gonna say he's in my he's in my fourth tier of all time, which puts him in like 30s or something like that. 30s and 40s. Especially in which this is, which era. is which is sounds like disrespect. It's not. It's a very it's a very, very respectable place to be. Like it is. Anyway, go especially ahead. in this era. He's better than Pusha T was when Pusha T came out the next year as, uh, as a part of the clips. Yeah, right. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so he's so he's that. Um, Philly's most wanted. Do you remember Philly's? Most I do wanted? remember. Yeah. So Philly's most wanted. The border, was, mama. Yeah. So yeah. So um, so that that was Bubonic and Mister Mister was their yeah, names. Yeah. They were from Philly. That's a that's a great record. Though. He's better at what they were yeah. doing than they are. That's true. Yeah. And there's an actual record that canvases that and I'll talk about that in a minute. So okay. so the Neptunes are going to be the 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 production arm of, of executive production. Okay. And Fat and Fat Joe is going to be the vision. Conceptual. Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. So these are the songs that I kept and I couldn't keep a lot. <laughs> Youngin, Holla Back, no Obviously. Changes, Yeah. Right? Um Get Right. Okay. So so what I did on Get Right is um I added Fat Joe cuz he's the executive producer yeah. and dude, that's his type of shit. But I added Ludacris. Okay, I'm, I'm um, cool I with feel that. like yeah, I feel like Ludacris would be the you know dope fine. that chamber good, yeah. uh, of hip hop. And then um, I said, give me a better hook, same beat sure. but a better hook. All right. All right, next one day, and I kept it, no changes, sure. because it gave us some introspection about yeah. the artist. It gives uh, us something, <laughs> anything, please. <laughs> uh, right now and later on, obviously. Here's where I get a little bit imaginative, and I think Kason's gonna love this. You may love it or hate it. Okay. Um, so Fabulous was on Electra Records. Yeah. And there were only two big artists that I know about on Electra prior to Fabulous. Okay. The first was ODB. Yes. The second was Missy. 
So I he want Missy. I want okay. Missy on this record because yeah. I need Missy on this. I need the Electra family to embrace this man and put their arms around him. Sadly, ODB was in jail beat. at the time. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah, it's a Timbal and beat. Yeah, give me Missy on this. Track. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, next, can't deny it. No changes. Obviously. Um, and then last <laughs> is gotta be Thug. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and, right, and, yeah. And, but what I did was I added Ja Rule and Nori. That, yo. I'm cool with that. I'm yeah. cool with both of those additions. Yeah. Cool. Especially so, Nori. <laughs> yeah, like it works yes. for like what Especially he does. Especially Nori yeah. on this. Perfect. Absolutely. He would work with that beat too. Absolutely. So yeah. so now now we get to trying to make this an album. Because okay. those are the only al- album cuts that I was able to keep. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, That's why I didn't attempt this. Because I'm like, you want hard. me to try to invent like seven songs? Eight Basically, songs? Basically, <laughs> you're going to have to come up with this shit from scratch. And, yeah. and so what I'm doing is I'm trying to source shit that's going to work. So, right. so the first thing that I do is I put Superwoman Part 2 on here. Okay. Because it came out the summer before this album dropped, and it lived on a Little Mo album that nobody cares about. Can it be a bonus cut? Sure. But I mean, it it needs to be on this album. All right, that's fair. Um, I, I think more people would have bought this album if it was on there, and I don't know anybody who owns that Little Mo album. Okay. So, I know people who went out and bought that single, myself yeah. included. I think yeah. I have it on vinyl, but um, I don't know anybody who who owns that album. Okay. So, um, so all right. Records that the Neptunes pr- produced that should be repurposed and added to this album. Okay. The first, and this is going to be controversial. I don't, you don't even know if you know this one. Some people are going to, please shoot me in the comments because this is, this is, I'm going left. There was a record that the Neptunes did with Babyface. It came out that summer. It was called There She Goes. The Neptunes and Babyface. Uh, yeah, I vaguely remember this. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, uh, you know, Babyface is a great writer. Yeah. Was there a video for it? I think so. I don't the, the remember like, the song, but I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it was just like a babyface record that no one else is So what I so what I said was at the time, if you remember, Ray J is also coming up as a solo artist. Wait a minute drops that same summer. Okay. So instead, Babyface writes this record for Ray J, and it becomes a Ray J and Fabulous record. Fabulous features on it. So this is going to be one of the records. Okay. And, and and so what I'm doing is I'm creating a fabulous album that is him just playing to his strengths. These are big hit records that we're starting with. The next is Cross the Border Remix. Okay. I don't know if you remember, but there was a remix to Cross the Border. Not I'll Cross the Border, Mama, but yeah. there was another one that was like... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, man. Cross the Border Remix mm-hmm. was a record that was given to Philly's Most Wanted, and it featured Fabulous. Okay. Um, and Fabulous bodies the shit. Okay. I mean, he he comes, and he he bats clean up, and he kills it. So we're not going to make that a Philly's Most Wanted song. No, we're going to make it fabulous. fabulous featuring Philly's Most Wanted. He murders it. Um, and then the next is uh, Philly's Most Wanted had this other record called Please Don't Mind. Please don't mind how I pursue. I actually don't remember that, that one. Oh, that shit was that was a crazy. So that one, that's gonna be fabulous as well. Okay. So um, those are the 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 other ones, and then here's the 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 big the big controversial one. Okay. Same summer, Jada Kiss, knock yourself out. So no, the Neptunes, no. the Neptunes, the Neptunes. I had to leave. The, the Neptunes gave that to Jada Kiss. Now, the freestyle that I told you about that had Poster Boy and Fabulous that, that summer before this album yeah. came out. Fabulous is rapping over Knock Yourself Out, and he murders it. So here, the, the, the Neptunes say, Sorry, Jada, you're our mans, but we're executive producing Fabulous's album, 
So we're gonna give Knock Yourself Out to you, Fabulous. You're catching straight. You're catching that, shots for that, that one. So that 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 record is on on the project. And you just I don't. You're just mad because you want Jada Kiss to have the song. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's such a Knock Yourself Out was such a huge iconic record at the time. Knock yourself out. Now it's Melissa Ford in the video. What? Now it's an iconic, fabulous song. Wow. All right. All right. So that's so, bold, yo. You just so like, now, why don't you just take Jay Z's best record? If he had something that was amazing by the Neptunes at this moment, Give him I might. Clips best record. <laughs> I would actually, but but clips don't don't pop until the next year. They're two. Yeah, they're, they're had, they, still, they, they still had beats and like before that. Yeah, but mo, it's mo, like I, I, two of them are probably Philly's most wanted joints that I'm giving. I'm giving him because this would have been the exclusive audio footage time frame where those records aren't out. 2002 is give grinding. Him, give him the joint from uh, uh, um, Rock La Familia. Uh, I just want to love you. Give him that beat That's as well. Earlier. Oh, so it's way too early. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going only songs. I tell you. I'm going I'm, I'm only. Pushing back against this. I'm so saying far. only songs that came out in that summer. Gotcha. All right. All, all right. right. All right. So, so then, um, next I said I want to know more about the story of my main character. Wait, when did um, uh, when did Usher's Burn come out? Uh, I, I, you don't have to call. That's a that's a that's a Neptune's beat. Yeah, but that's 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 that time frame though. Yeah, I don't yeah. need it. Okay. Um. So uh. So then next um. I, I want some records with some heart and soul. So um. Okay. I said I want one produced by Bink for sure. Okay. Um. I want probably one by Alchemist, and then um. And then maybe Primo. The reason okay. I chose Alchemist and Primo is actually because I went and I cross referenced when I was looking at this with um, the Jadakiss album that came out at the same yeah. time. And I wanted to see how they gave Jadakiss heart and soul. And his best records were Alchemist and Primo Productions. Mm, okay. Um, all right. So lastly, I want... I, well, and, and this is this is in... A, this isn't in... This isn't separate from the, the two records that I'm talking about above. This is in addition to. Like, this is all together. Yeah. But I need a record from Fabulous on this album that tells me about Brooklyn. Like okay. I need like a where oh, I'm yeah, from or sense, I'm yeah. so Brooklyn or like like tell me something about where you're from so yeah, I can connect with you as an artist sense. more. And that could be the Bink record, that could be the Alchemist record. I don't care, but I need a Brooklyn record. That makes sense. And then last but not least, I need a heritage record. I want a record that tells me, yo, I'm I'm Dominican. I'm okay. you know I come from a Caribbean area of the country. Like tell me something about who you are as a as a man. So my idea for that. Not on the album, but in the, the run up to the album. May of 2001, Foxy Brown came out with Oh Yeah featuring yeah. Spraga Band. Yeah. That record was insane. It still goes. So I, I love that record. So I've got Fabulous on a remix of it. Oh, that's dope. And that kind of gives him like a Caribbean angle, you know? Because if you remember, there's there's okay. a lot of... Co different there, different islands, but okay. But Barrington Levy's on Shine's record. Like there, I feel like a lot of the Caribbean artists that came out of New York in this time frame, they struggled to give them like kind of the identity. So it would always just they just get a Jamaican artist. I got you. It was always like, That's oh, fair. Barrington Levy, oh, Spraga Benz, whatever. So I'm cool with that. That you had Wyclef on there. They from the same island, technically. <laughs> I'm trolling. I'm definitely, <laughs> He's definitely trolling. trolling. I'm gonna leave that one alone because I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna get shot in real life. <laughs> All right, and then last but not least, I've got in that run up, uh, Ray J's "Wait a Minute" also came out in that okay. summer. So I've got a "Wait a Minute" remix with a fabulous verse. Uh, look, if you so, uh, for me musically, Ray Ray J doesn't deserve to have anything, so I don't care. Take all of his hey, best man, stuff. Hey man, yo, Panama, Panama wants to come Panama, for me. Come, he can, come, come fight him. <laughs> but like, I think I think that pairing would have worked well. Okay. Um. So 
that's a whole bunch of hit records and then a few heart and soul records yeah. that we added. And I think that, you know, like Fabulous is already somebody that we regard as a hit maker mm-hmm. and, you know, we regard him highly. So it's not, it's not necessarily that this would completely reimagine Fabulous, mm-hmm. but maybe it would just give us w- how we see him now earlier in his career. No, it makes sense. I mean, like, I remember when Fat Joe did Jealous One Still Envy, mm-hmm. right? And I still remember, I think it was a Howard Homecoming. Did that album come out this year? 2001? Or was it 2002? I think it might have been 01. That sounds right. So I remember that he was on the radio because I think it was, at, it was I was at Howard Homecoming mm-hmm. going up there and I heard Fat 2000. Joe. So it was 2000. Yeah. Go ahead. Whenever oh, it was. Originally, so it was December 01, but it was December to come out in 2000. Thank you. So it was yeah. December 01, and I remember. So yeah, because that's right. So it was Howard Homecoming 2001, mm-hmm. and I was there with some folks from UVA, right? But I remember I was driving to meet them, and Fat Joe was on the radio saying, he's like, yo, you heard it now. This will be my classic album. And I remember like laughing at he that. He says that on every album. Though. But he, but this is the first time I heard, I heard right. him say that, right? And right. I was like, I mean, it's going to be better than Don, Don Cartagena? Like, I don't know. Right. And so, but nevertheless, though, like in terms of, in terms of like it being a classic, uh-huh. I'm not sure if I would call it a classic, but like it's probably his most memorable. It's his most iconic record. It probably is. Maybe. You know what I mean? And so it was still a statement piece commercially from Fat Joe that mm-hmm. we he had delivered before. Right, right. You know what I mean? I'm like, like Don Cartagena is great, but that was also probably a little bit more from the streets. Right. For the streets. Right. That was like his commercial, like that's gonna be like the, the white people are gonna be listening to this. <laughs> and and maybe Fabulous, maybe if Fat Joe's behind the record, Fabulous has a chance to create that record as well on his first time up to bat. Right, right, right. You know, so yeah, I mean, I I think that the thing about Fabulous, and I already hinted it before, that I think it is a little tough when you never really, perhaps you never really thought of yourself as an artist. So you don't, you don't have a lot of time to kind of develop like who you want to be. You're a clue. Who has an idea? Oh, I'll just, oh, this record's hot. This record's hot. Cool. I'm in the club, and I'll get my dip, dick sucked, and I'm popping <laughs> bottles, right? Right. But I mean, like, it also doesn't necessarily help when like, who are his like. Brooklyn role models. You know what I mean? Like Jay-Z's, uh, Jay-Z's idea of maturity was like, I'm no longer putting rims on my car. I got the mob back bends with the stock rims. That's his idea of growth. You know what I mean? That's actually a bar, by the way. Yeah. And so like, who, who, who's he really looking up to? Um, maybe. Maybe. Uh, well, the other, the other thing about Jay-Z though, what I, what I will say though, is that like, I think that Jay-Z can kind of, like if Jay-Z, for as good as his bars are, if he rapped the same on every single record, mm-hmm. his he would probably get boring. And yeah, I think that yeah. what Jay-Z does very well is that Jay-Z, like, while he doesn't have the best flow of all time, what he does, he probably has the most most flows. Like between mm-hmm. between Jay-Z and Busta, like Jay-Z will rhyme different on this track than he will on that. A lot I'll of the probably, times I'll he will. Give it to Twista, Ludacris, many other people before Jay-Z. Busta definitely. Busta but, for sure. Yeah. I'm not sure about Twista, but I but I, he, I understand. I'm just yeah. not sure if I agree, but I hear, but I feel you. Okay. But nevertheless, though, but like Fabulous didn't do that. He just for the yeah. most part was just like, oh, I've got like, you know, I'm doing these multi-syllable rhymes. I'm gonna try to rhyme six words in a sentence, right? And I'm just gonna keep coming up with clever ways to do that. Right. And then and then like another 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 clever way, another clever thing to do would just be like come with like a really dope bar, mm-hmm. and then write lines that come before it. So that like, oh, like, so when it, so when this one hits at the end, it sounds like, oh, I came up with that at the end. It's like, now you came up with that at the beginning. I'm not sure if he did it. But it, what I'm saying though, is it, it, it sounds 
Like he's just like kind of trying to like stick yeah. to a formula. Yeah, you know it's I mean? funny that you say that because I remember seeing an early uh, Drake interview. Yeah, um, this was like around the time of um, of So Far Gone. Okay, and they asked him like how he comes up with a verse, and he uh-huh. basically said that he's like, <laughs> well, you know, he's like like. You, like you come up with like a really good bar and then you like you put like the three bars before it that like come <laughs> yeah. up like lead up to it which is funny it's just yeah. funny to say that yeah so anyway i mean those are those are my kind of closing thoughts on on fabulous the artist yeah. what i will say is i tried to listen to some of his his hits that came after mm-hmm. to see if i was still noticing the same things and he's definitely evolved he's definitely mature matured as an artist but he doesn't mm-hmm. Not in the same way that like Jay Z did. Not yeah. in the same way that like Andre Three Thousand did. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just kind of refined his flow, but didn't really like improve upon it. I completely agree. Yeah, and I think I think you do see a little bit of growth in some of the mixtapes, the the summertime shootouts, and the mm-hmm. things like that, where like maybe he has like a little bit more flexibility to, I don't know, lean in on on these like mixtape concepts and yeah. songs and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know, like the, the, the album, album wise, not a whole lot of growth. And you know, the thing is too, is it like, I do have to respect this dude. I mean, like I said, like I have him as like a top 50, uh, MC, which yeah. I think is like, it's not disrespect. Like that's, that's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. And he's there because the wordplay, the punchlines, the, the, the metaphors, like he has them. Right. He's dope. If you gave me his lyrics on paper, I'd be like, yo, like, who is this cat? He's nice. Right. Then when you hear it, you're like, I mean, okay. I'm kind of getting bored. I feel like you but- get, right. You get impressed at first. Yeah. And then, like, after a while, you're like, okay, I already know what you're going to say before you even say it. Right. Yeah. Like, he sets up his punchlines. It's almost like watching a, a fighter that's like a very one dimensional fighter. Yeah. Right. It's like, they, you, okay, he's going to jab now. Okay. He's going to hook now. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, Look, you already see it coming. One of the things I don't like is when, like, if I can, if I can hear a song for the first time and then, like, I can, rap along to a lyric that I can guess. Like, I don't like that. Right. So like the, the the worst example, the most, the biggest offense is when um, Kanye West said, um, sweet and sour sauce. No, when he said, yeah, uh, until the man. sweet hours lost. And he said like, eating Asian pussy. And he's like, all I need is, and I said sweet and sour sauce. He actually said, I was like, oh my God, you actually said sweet and sour sauce, <laughs> eating Asian pussy. I can't believe you did that. Like, that's just corny. Right. But on this record, he says something like, he says like, oh, why don't you like jerk a little, da, 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 da. And then put your legs, put your legs back while I work the middle. And then, like I was rapping along to work the middle because I was like, oh, that's what he's gonna say here. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I shouldn't be able to predict your lyrics if I've listened to the song for the first time. Yeah. You can tell he he backs into like bars that he thinks are clever. Here, yeah. And it's it's annoying. Yeah. So anyway. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? Nah, but you know, I mean, I, I hope we also, you know, we kind of gave a little bit of the what we love yeah. about about Fab, and you know, hopefully, y'all have a better understanding of when I bring up Fab as yeah. somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of depth as an artist, why I feel that way, right? Because like, I'm definitely somebody who was rooting for him from the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't need every single album to be serious and cohesive. Yeah, but I like. Lean into something, like I said, like l- l- the way Ludacris does. Like lean into something, right? And I and I think that he doesn't really lean into any of these things, and it's just, it's just kind of like it just kind of exists without being assembled all that yeah. well. Yeah. And for me, like I like albums, I like albums that like you can you can go back to 30, 40 years later, and you're like, yeah. yo, like that that's still dope. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like that's kind of how I judge it. And I know that's my own bias and it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to do that, at least, at least I don't know, give, give me something. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And I think, you know, I always say I, I like I like when artists don't make music unless they have something to say. Yeah. And I feel like when I listen to this album, it doesn't feel like the artist had something to say. Yeah. It feels like, you know, we signed this artist and he's hot. Let's let's exploit it. Let's put yeah. something out. And so it feels like a product more than it does something that teaches me what the artist wanted me to hear them say. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll say is not necessarily about Fabulous, but it's just, uh, you know, how this episode came together. One of our listeners, Brian, we've been shouting him out the whole episode. He was like, yo, when are you going to do something about Fabulous? So look, if you guys have a request from the album that seems reasonable for us to do, obviously, if something comes from left field, if, if like if you listen to if you've listened to our episodes and you suggest something that comes from left field, we may not get to it. But the yeah. easiest way to suggest something is to hit us up in the comments. Yeah. If you send us a message on Facebook, sometimes that gets lost. But if you're watching this on YouTube, yeah. send a drop a comment on YouTube. If you're watching yeah, yeah. it on Facebook, drop a comment there. If you're listening, however you're listening to it, drop a comment. Let us know, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll try, try to yeah. yeah we'll try to. Get I think to it. typically what we do is like. We try to do albums that either one or both of us is passionate about. Yeah. And whether that's like, you know, the cannabis album where we both passionately <laughs> thought it was fucking ass or like something where, you know, we one of us really liked the album yeah. or still like it. So hopefully, you know, it's something that will intersect us in one yeah. of those ways. But we definitely will try to, to take requests as well. Yeah. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Switching lanes to a buck with me. That's right. Y'all can't deny it. I'm a fucking rider. You don't wanna bang with me. Yeah. And you know I brought my gang with me. Okay. Niggas trip, I got my thing yo, with me. Yo, if they want it, cowards get it. They still wonder how I did it. Now y'all with it. These niggas see how I spit it. Huh, these bitches see how I kid it. You can hear my Cooper block away. Bitches be yelling, let me ride like they snooping Dr. Dre. I keep spitting, them clips cocked on the Cali codes. Keep shitting with zip locks for that Cali drone. Keep hitting, the shit blocks for that Cali dough. Keep getting my tip rocked by them Cali hoes. It's William Bonnie, still a mommies. Dance closely, even though they feel them lommies. I ain't trying to send police to your rest. I'm trying to put this piece to your chest and you in peace with the rest. You can release to the press. This how G's ride from the north to the south to the east to the west. Let's go. Y'all can't deny it. I'm a fucking rider. You don't wanna fuck with me. Yeah. Got skills in the trunk with me. Okay. Switching lanes to a buck.